Alyssa Milano is taking to Twitter again to give us some very important advice. She wants us to stop teaching our sons to be respectful of women. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you are listening to the Women's Planning Podcast. We are talking today about where have all the good men gone? Well, I have a feeling, I think I know. So on Friday, uh, Alyssa Milano took to Twitter again to give some very important advice. She said, can we stop saying things to our sons like, take care of your mother while I'm gone? This is insinuating that women can't take care of themselves, and it's bullshit. Oh boy, where do I even start with this? This goes along the same lines as the women who don't like men holding the door open for them or opening their car door for them because they say that it insinuates that they're incapable of opening the door on their own. I call BS on that because I've never met a man who held the door open for me because he thought I wasn't capable of holding the door open for myself. I feel sorry for women who have this idea that if a man does something nice for them, does something to show them respect, that it must mean he thinks she's incapable of doing something. And it's really sad for our society because God has given men this innate desire to care for and love and respect women. That is how he created the man and our, (laughs) in our worldliness and our, as being our sinful nature, we have destroyed what God designed as this pure and loving and beautiful relationship between a man and a woman. In Ephesians, Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, this verse goes to to speak to uh, the church is the bride of Christ. And Christ gave himself up for the church and for all of humanity. And he is instructing husbands to love their wives in the same way that Christ loved the church and sacrificed for the church. And that is that is their duty. And on the other side of that, you also have where women are supposed to submit to their husbands And this is where a lot of women today get really hung up because they don't want, they don't like the word submit. They think that it is a sign of weakness. I actually completely disagree with that. I was, just to give you a little background, I was a single mom for 10 years from 2009 to 2019. I was a single mom of four children. I was very independent. I was very capable. I could do anything that needed to get done. I was capable of it. I didn't need a man. I will say I many times I would have appreciated one because I think that there are things that just naturally God has given women and men different interests in different areas. For example, I would rather 
if I had to pick my chores, I would rather do laundry, do the dishes, organize the house, although I don't really like any of those things either. But I would rather do those things than say, mow the lawn or change the oil in the car. And so typically, and I know this is a huge point of contention with people on the left that we can't have these stereotypical roles. It is all with design. I mean, men are built differently, physically, mentally, spiritually. It's just the way that God designed us. And so we each have areas and tasks that we perform better just because of the way that we're designed. It's not because we're incapable or anything else like that. But God designed men and women to complement each other, even to the point of these daily household tasks. Like I think about my son, who is 18. He loves cars and he taught himself how to fix his own car and change his own oil. And that fascinates him to pull up YouTube videos and learn about the different parts and what they do. That is of zero interest to me. I would rather take my car to the shop and pay someone to change my oil before I'm going to look at a YouTube video and find out all these fascinating parts that my son (laughs) enjoys. And I realize that there are women who, who enjoy that. And that's great. I would say that by and large, most women, that's not their jam. And that's just kind of the way that our brains are wired. And it's cool that my son, my husband also, they're both kind of wired that way. They like, you know, how things get put together and how to take them apart and how to clean them. And and that's just the way that their brains are wired. And mine is not. And so I'm so grateful that God created us so differently that we have different areas where we excel, different areas where we have interests, and that those complement each other. Not because we're incapable, but it makes a perfect pair. It, you know, it's it's a it's a couple that functions very well together. It's like two fifty percent come together to make a whole, and it's a beautiful thing. Even when I was single. I wasn't ever feeling like I need a man. I need a man to complete me. I need a man to change my oil. I wasn't, I didn't never had that thought. And I always felt like, you know, if God doesn't bring me a man with all these certain qualities, then I'm okay being single. I really had set a high bar for what I was looking for in a husband. And, you know, I had four kids. And so it was important to me. And my four kids did not have... Uh, a father figure in their lives. And therefore, it was really important that whoever I brought in was going to fill that role, not just for me as a husband, but also as the, the father figure for my children. Knowing how important it is for children to have that father figure so that they can see the working of a man and a woman in a partnership where they're each working towards the same goal, but they have different roles because all the work has to get done. So we have to divvy it up somehow. So when I look at tweets like Alyssa's, and there's no shortage of supplies of women who have the same line of thinking that men who open doors and do nice things for women are somehow insinuating that women are weaker or can't take care of themselves. And, you know, my husband always opens my car door. 
I never open the car door unless we're parked way too close to another car and he can't squeeze in. But other than that, I never open my own car door and it's not because he thinks I can't do it. It's just his way of showing me that he respects me and he loves me and he cares for me. And this is just a nice thing that he can do for me. And I will say he was taught this by his mother. So it's important for us as mothers and as fathers to model these things for our children so they grow up to expect these things in a relationship. There's nothing wrong with having expectations of being loved and respected. And on the flip side of my husband being taught that, I was raised by a father who respected and loved my mother and took care of her and made sure that all the stuff in the house worked and he was the protector and the provider. So I grew up watching that. That was modeled for me and therefore I came to expect that for myself and expect that that is a good and right thing for a man to do. Now, I have gone through my own periods of time where I didn't respect myself very much. I didn't think I was worthy of a man like my dad or like my husband who did all these caretaking things and treated me with love and respect. I went through that phase and I think a lot of women go through that phase and they get stuck there. A big part of that reason is because we don't have in our society right now we don't have a lot of good men. We have, uh, I read a statistic that said one out of four children is raised in a home with no father figure. That's no biological father, no stepdad, no you know significant other from the mom, no male role model in the home. That's 25% of kids. So we're not even talking about like broken homes and things like that, just across the board. That's a lot of kids. And I think that it's expected when we take our fathers out of the home that we're going to have this huge disconnect because girls are going to grow up to be women who don't understand how important it is to be loved and respected and coupled with a good man. And men are boys are going to grow up without the father figure to model that for them and what is to be expected for for them. And so you've got a lot of children, boys and girls, who are being raised with no real modeling for what a healthy coupling looks like. And then you have adults who are, I'm just going to say it like Alyssa, that's just dysfunctional. And putting that on to her son, I, I don't know if she was actually referring to her son or if she was just generalizing that can we stop saying to our sons things like take care of your mother while I'm gone. Well, that's a really sweet thing for a father to teach his young son how to care for a woman that is the respectable thing to do. But women don't want that anymore. They want to be strong and independent. That's a big part of (laughs) the breakdown that we're seeing in our society. And when you have women raising children without a father, they're getting jaded and don't have healthy relationships with men that they get into relationships with. And then their children are growing up with 
unhealthy modeling, if any modeling at all. And then we have the disasters that we see on social media these days with the way that I would say women especially are behaving on social media from, you know, back 10 years ago, and I'll say 2012, when Instagram was first really getting off the ground, and I was still really involved in my fitness stuff. And I was bodybuilding and competing many times a year. And so I was training for it and doing a lot of Instagram posts of gym selfies and progress pictures and things like that. So a lot of my Instagram world involved other people who were doing the same kinds of things as I was. And the bikini category of bodybuilding had just come uh, to be, I think it was 2008. And so once once they created that bikini category for bodybuilding, it brought in a whole new cast of people into the bodybuilding world that typically wouldn't have been involved before because it allowed for kind of a whole other body type to compete on stage. And so you had a lot of young women, you know, in their 20s who were doing the bikini pictures and the booty shots and the bent over butt shot that showed, as my friend Elaine says, the (laughs) hoo-ha. You had the pose that showed it all and left really nothing to the imagination. You had young girls, young women in their 20s, so they were women, uh, getting implants so that they would be more competitive on stage. You had the hair extensions and the Botox and all of the different things that women started doing. And you had the Instagram filters to make people look, you know, younger or take away wrinkles or add fuller lips. And it really changed, I think, a decade ago, really started to change the way that women presented themselves in a public space. I think that changed the perception that young men have of women because it was all out there available. It wasn't like you'd go to the gas station and pick up a Playboy magazine. Now you can just scroll through Instagram and see all the girls that you see working out at your gym with their booty shots. And it really didn't leave anything sacred anymore. So that I'm kind of (laughs) going on a tangent here, but it's things like that that have spiraled this idea into what it is today, where anything goes, it's okay to post anything on social media, there's no expectations of treating each other with respect, because I believe that it's not just that women should want to be respected by a man. But for a woman to show respect to a man, part of that, in my opinion, is that she preserves herself for the man that she's going to marry. And I don't mean that she has to be a prude and she can't look pretty and she can't take care of herself and, you know, dress attractively. But there's a line where you want to think to yourself before you post, say, a booty shot on Instagram, how would I feel if my future husband was scrolling back through my Instagram feed after we're married. I think because the Instagram bodybuilding stuff came on the scene when I was, you know, in my mid late 30s, I had more life experience. And so I was fortunately (laughs) able to use some discernment and discretion in my own posting. But I think had I been in my young 20s, I probably would have gotten sucked into that 
same sort of culture that these girls are doing. I was watching this weekend a Matt Walsh video on YouTube. Matt Walsh is part of the Daily Wire. If you don't watch his podcast, listen to his podcast. I really enjoy Matt. And he is a good one to listen to if you're like looking at family values and things like that. Matt has, I believe, four kids. I think he's Catholic. And of course, he's married. But he addresses a lot of these things that I'm talking about right now, like the role of men in the home, in relationship. He also does a lot with the LGBTQ stuff um, and stuff that's going on in our schools. But the video that I watched on the weekend, he was reviewing TikTok dating advice. And I'm going to play just a short clip from his video. Uh, I don't even have TikTok downloaded on my phone. So all I get is from videos like Matt's and the libs of TikTok on Twitter post enough content that I don't need to go there myself. So I'm just going to play this clip for you uh, real quick. Hey, I told you guys to stop giving such a big f- and you guys responded. You were like, cool, cool, cool. But like, how do I do that? This is my best advice to you. Start thinking like the man that you are f- or talking to. Okay. When you are able to do this and you are able to start visualizing the relationship for what he sees it as, the game is changed. And this is what I mean. When you go hook up with this man, stop thinking of it as a little date night, a little snuggle, f- that, f- okay? He is seeing it as a hookup. So when you go hook up, you need to see it as sex and you're out. Your shift is over, baby, you're gone. Because that is what he sees it as, genuinely. If you are getting your f- ran on you, this is why. Because you're. So, yeah. I think this clip from this gal on TikTok, and I will put a link to Matt's video in the show notes, but this whole idea of playing a game and treating your relationship with a man as a game and as a hookup, with that kind of mentality, women are not going to find a good man, a good man. Good men don't, don't do this. And I know that because I dated a lot (laughs) before I found my husband. And I know the difference between a game player and a good man. And there are good men out there, but they don't want women like this. They don't want women who are playing the game. And I, I, what I worry about most, I think, is our daughters. Because we're raising our children right now in a time when everything is about social media. Kids today are glued to their phones and glued to social media and glued to things like TikTok. And so they're seeing this kind of garbage. And these are their role models, which makes it even more important to a get them off of TikTok and whatever else, Snapchat, Instagram, where these people are, but to also have those family values in place and model them for your children so that they can see what a healthy functional relationship looks like. I am so grateful that I have my husband and we will celebrate our third anniversary at the end of June. My kids went many years without a father, without a father figure. I'm also fortunate I have an amazing dad who is an amazing grandfather and has been a father figure for my kids since the day they were born. But to to have my husband in the home as the father figure, as the head of the household. And we do have a biblical marriage. We do follow 
you know, submit to your husband. And that doesn't mean that my husband, you know, tells me what to do and pushes me around the house. But he is ultimately the head of our home. He is ultimately the decision maker. We make decisions together and we talk about everything together. But if he decided something that for the good of our family, I would submit to his authority in that. I mean, unless I like was way out there and I didn't agree with it. And I, you know, we would talk about that. But in a healthy marriage, two people are able to discuss these things and someone has to be the leader. And And God designed for men to be that leader, that protector, that guardian of the family. And it's such a beautiful thing. And I feel, I feel so blessed that God gave that to me. I mean, I really feel like God gave me a second chance and he gave me this most amazing husband who is such a godly man and so loving and gentle with me and with my children who he loves like they are his own flesh and blood. And it makes me want to tell everybody God has created this beautiful relationship. We can't go about with our own agenda and think that we're going to get this beautiful thing that God designed. When we act, when we have women acting like this woman in the video, you're not going to catch a good man. (laughs) doing that. And one of the things that is also concerning is that we're telling good men by acting like this, we're telling good men that we don't want them. We don't need them. We don't care. And that's very dangerous. And that's a big reason why we're seeing such a huge breakdown in the nuclear family in our country, because we have told men for decades, we don't need you. And in some cases, we don't want you. I can only imagine if men were doing that to women on, you know, if if it was flipped, it's very damaging. And I don't think people realize, I, I think a lot of women don't realize exactly how damaging this is. And, you know, you'll see men who just kind of throw up their hands and they're like, I don't want anything to do with that. And I don't blame them. To Alyssa Milano and people like her who think that men being kind and respectful is something we don't need in our society, I say, you're absolutely wrong. And the thing we need most in this society is to allow our men to be the the providers, the protectors that God designed them to be. And the best thing that we can do is to not shut them down and shame them for being those protectors and providers. And so that is our topic for today. A little Twitter rant from Julie today. I hope you had a really wonderful Easter. It was such a day of hope, a reminder of God's hope. Even though we have so much crazy and darkness going on, I just enjoyed the day we started with church. And I sure enjoyed just that reminder from our pastor about the hope of the resurrection and what we have been promised. Carry that with us every day we lose sight of it. It's easy with everything going on in the world to lose sight of it, but carry that hope with you every day. And I want to thank you all for the feedback that I got after Friday's uh, podcast. Uh, It was a very personal message and It was one I was a little reluctant to share, but I've gotten so much great feedback from you all. And I really appreciate that. If you haven't listened, please do go listen to Friday's episode. I feel like my goal is that it will give hope to people who are really going through a dark season or walking through a valley and it feels very dark and it feels very hopeless. My hope is that you will glean some encouragement from my words. And please share the podcast and tell your friends 
And if you would take a moment to rate it, I would sure love that. And I will see you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.